0: Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, a podcast where I sit down with some of my friends in the local Columbus, Ohio theater, film, and improv scene and talk a bunch of geeky stuff, some of it good, some of it bad, but all of it definitely geeky. If you enjoy our program, be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and to leave a review or subscribe wherever you can get podcasts. Our official sponsor of the show is Audible, with over two hundred thousand titles to choose from. Get one audiobook and two Audible originals each month included with your trial, even once your trial ends and normal membership begins. Best part is you own your library, meaning you keep the books even if you cancel with easy exchanges. So if you don't love a book, swap it out for free anytime. Sign up for your free trial over at audibletrial.com forward slash good bad geeky. Download the Audible app and start enjoying your new audiobook now. Also, support for this podcast has been made possible by our Kickstarter backers, Ashley Carson, Catherine Rinella, Wooz, Yannick, Doug Puita, Christopher LeBlanc, Andrew, Kenny, Jerome Wetzel, Casey May, Anonymous, Tavia Ordway, Anthony Portillo, Jen and Brian Petrie, Guest 1655425418, Laura Spires, Kimberly Barr, Kyle Jepson. We here at The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky just wanted to offer the following discretion that this episode was pre-recorded in the last few months of 2019. In this episode, I am here with Matt Schlichting. And we sit down, and we're, we're already sitting down. We're not going to sit down later. We're already sitting down. And we're going to talk about the film Palm Springs, found on the original Hulu movie, on this episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. A word of warning, though, that there will be a lot of spoilers for this. And I'm going to guess Groundhog Day maybe, too, and it, anything else we talk about. So, listener, beware. If there's anything else you want to say about Palm Springs, please let us know. Join in the conversation. Email at goodbaggeeky at gmail.com or Instagram or Twitter us at username goodbadgeeky. Matt, you are the first podcast we're recording. It might not be the first released in that order, but in this COVID world, you're the first podcast we've recorded for GBG, and I'm glad it's you. And this is a movie I wanted to do for a, like, the even, yeah, because I think this hit, when did this movie come out? Like, July? originally. Was it July? I think so. But I feel like I knew about it before covid happened and i was really excited for it. it's like oh i can't wait to podcast that that yeah. and then everything went to shit so well, i know um, they released it at sundance and then it
1: got Hulued in july i think
0: yeah and i remember some of the people i follow on twitter like they were they were talking about the film in a very good way on twitter and instagram or wherever else i was seeing articles about it there was good buzz for the film it was doing the tweets. It was doing the tweets. Oh, boy. It was doing a little snap snap pictures, I guess, with links to the articles. But so for those who don't know, Palm Springs is a film that, that is really a time loop movie. I would say the big attraction is you have J.K. Simmons, you have Andy Samberg, and then you have the, the mom from How I Met Your Mother. Kristen Milioti. Yes, she is so adorable in everything she's in, even when she's playing, she's like really throwing heavy emotions out there, like mean emotions, like calling people's names. I find her just to be charming and adorable. This and is a, w- a fact that I'm unable to refute. Yeah. So, it, yeah. It, so, that alone, the cast alone is good. The general gist is, is that Andy Sandberg's character Niles is stuck in a time loop. And he starts making out with one of the bridesmaids who happens to be the sister of the bride, the maid of honor, which is Sarah. And Sarah witnesses in the middle of their their tryst, he gets attacked by some weird army guy who you find out (laughs) later to be Roy. And Roy, who calls him Shitbird, by the way, that's an important distinction, calls him Shitbird. Shitbird. He loses him for a second. And then Roy eventually just leaves and goes into this cave with a bright light. And Andy Sandberg, who is badly fucked up, his character now is he's got shot, like, what, twice with arrows, stabbed, I think, too, with one of the other arrows as he was pulling it out, something like that, like, in mm-hmm. the leg. Yeah. He's not doing good. He goes in after Roy to the Cave of Light, and he tells Sarah, who's like, oh, my God, are you okay? Trying to make sure sh- the guy she was making out with was, is okay. He's like, don't follow me. Please don't follow me. And he disappears into the light. And naturally, she follows him. And then when she wakes up, she is now stuck in the time loop. Time loop, time loop, and then it kind of does the typical Groundhog Day thing, but it approaches it in a very different way, which I found very refreshing. But uh, you might have a difference of opinion on. But that's the gist, and that's what we're talking about is the film Palm Springs. So I'll, I again, I enjoyed the movie greatly. I don't know if it has for me the same instant rewatchability that Groundhog Day has, like. Bill Murray has that weird thing where he can be an asshole and you just want to watch him be an asshole and like (laughs) fight his way back. Like like, there's that one of my old jobs we would we had to work on weekends and we would have they would allow a TV in the room the management would and we would watch movie I remember Groundhog Day weekend we tried watching for about 12 hours straight Groundhog Day which was like what four times. It wasn't bad at all. Like, yeah. I enjoyed every moment of it. I don't know if I could do that with Palm Springs, but it's still, for me, an enjoyable movie. I really, I think the heart's a little bit more there. But what did you think, Matt? I enjoyed the hell out of it. I, I I'll have to watch it again to know whether
1: I'm right or wrong, but I don't know that there would be quite as much to pick up on in subsequent watches as there is for something like Groundhog Day. And just a quick aside, I think... Your point about Bill Murray playing an asshole and you just just want to watch him keep being a dick is like <laughs> the differences between being able to play an asshole and just being an asshole. Because even when Bill Murray is being a dick, he just oozes charm. Yeah. Like He is such a graceful asshole that it's just like
0: that guy's really cool even though he sucks (laughs) well do you wonder if that's just also too because well maybe maybe for you're like you're like what maybe a year or two younger than me i'm like 30 no you're more than one year younger than me but like i'm 39 you're like what 35 30 you're oh jesus you're way younger so did you see ghostbusters before groundhog day or did you see groundhog day and then ghostbusters oh man i'm not sure what order i saw them in i probably saw ghostbusters first well, because I wonder, I feel like everyone, I, even, again, your age and my age group, everyone tends to see Ghostbusters at a young age because parents don't seem to care about the sexual humor that's going on in that yeah. movie. I didn't know about it until I was much older. You just want to see kids, but, but you love Vankman. You love Vankman. And I feel like at that age, you just get ingrained to Peter Vankman is a lovable asshole that exudes charm. Yep. And it, Andy Samberg has this very different type of charm to him that doesn't... It's this is the first movie I've seen him play straight, like yeah, really straight. Like he gets a little goofy, but not really. It's it's a very nice, nuanced performance for him, because when I think of Andy Sandberg, I think of you know Hot Rod, pretty much all the Lonely Island films outside of this Brooklyn Nine Nine, where he always plays the wacky guy that always is talking fast and whatever. And, and granted, I love that, I absolutely love that. But to see him play kind of the opposite of this, toned down, it's refreshing. But yeah. I wonder if that's that is a, a big difference in that that you were that you were saying too. Like, it, it, he doesn't have the same charm of being an asshole that Bill Murray does. But, and I didn't mean to interrupt. What else uh, were you going to say? I'm sorry. Oh, I just touching
1: on Samberg's performance. It was like he plays all these goofball characters that are over the top, and Niles is more like the real life version of, you know, the person you see at the party who is the crazy goofball character, but then this is them the rest of the time. And it's really cool seeing him (laughs) just sort of accept his fate float in the pool. He has the entire script of the, the day, like, memorized by the time we find him, which would be another fun question to talk about, is how long we think he was stuck before Sarah showed up.
0: Yeah, like... Well, and that's the thing too, is that I, which a part of me enjoys is that they never clearly say the answers to things Mm -hmm. that I feel like a movie like Groundhog Day may have tried to, to give you better hints at. They leave it a bit more ambiguous. Like, like with, with Phil... I think they said Phil was in there for like what, maybe sixty thousand years in Groundhog Day, or something crazy like that. Yeah, they they said, and I think the original script had him in there for a million years, something <laughs> god awful. Like, whoa, he, this is horrific. But you, you can understand how that could be. With Palm Springs, the movie actually opens with him already stuck in the time loop. It's really about how he introduces Sarah into the time loop, which is yeah. very interesting in itself because I rewatched it to, I started watching it today on my lunch break and I finished it after work was over just so I could have it fresh in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the Nogs in the Nogs that's my in new word Nogs. everybody yeah it's it's. I'm gonna put it on shirts make make a million off of it um, but only a million anything more after that I'm, donate it do, to, you know to what, the in yeah. the Nogs
1: foundation helping yeah. children in <laughs> impoverished communities learn books
0: <laughs> learn books kids it's like Oh, I would love to learn books. Well, let me tell you how with the Nogs Foundation. <laughs> and now that's New Sister Corporation, the Nogs charity of people who like to book good. That was bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway.
1: The organization sells itself so well with
0: its <laughs> slogans. But I, I, the thing I was thinking about is that the, the, the thematic approach of both movies is very different too. Any time loop story like this, a Groundhog Day or Palm Springs, kind of pulls from. I, th- I feel like you might like this reference. Uh, the Greek myth of was it Sisyphus? Sisyphus. Sisyphus, the guy who puts the boulder because he's an well because he was kind of a douchebag and he was punished for being a douchebag, self aggrandizing and craftiness and deceitfulness and all that, and he's pushing a rock and he has to live through it every day. And you know what? What happens if he just gives up and the rock crushes him? He probably starts back right down at the bottom, pushing the yep. rock back up. And and in, in theory, it's to reflect on how shitty of a person he was so he can then go, you know, hopefully change for the better. And that's what happens with Phil. But we learned pretty quickly that karma doesn't... There is no God or karma that cares about you becoming a better person.
1: Right, which I thought was really the key to the movie is it doesn't have anything to do with divine assessments of who you are. Yeah. Uh, they only get out when Sarah finally decides like, I'm going to fucking figure this out. I'm going to science my way out of this motherfucker. And she does. She co- does quite
0: well. And you have to wonder too, from that scene in comparison to Niles's scenes, because during that Sarah is gone and you don't know where the hell she is. And yeah. you're like, Oh shit. Like he's fucking alone. I mean, I feel like the movie is all about you need people. I mean, Phil kind of learns that too, that you need other people. But he he just learns to being a better person in general is the right thing to do. And then only then when he stops pursuing uh, Andy McDowell's character and then you know, just remains a good person, that's when she starts paying attention to him and then he, he, gets, he gets her. This is not that at all. This is like they... Sarah, being because she's the more one new, newer and fresher to the whole time loop thing, she's the one that tries to, you know, maybe if I kill myself with the rock, okay, what if I help people along the way? Why well, push the rock up? No, that's not working either. That she has to literally, as you were saying, do science to, you know, stand she, back. She, she blows up science. the whole mountain. <laughs> she does, which again is is crazy. It's it's awesome and crazy. It's really weird because. Groundhog Day shows you need, like, an ethical, moral basis to escape while, you know, there is no ethical basis or God or fate or karma in Palm Springs. Yeah. It's, it's not that at all. And, and I mean, both kind of do take some of that in a little bit. Like, I think Sarah changes to be, she has growth as a person and so does Niles. Like, there's that, but I feel like it's realistic, like, before they go through the thing at the end, she just goes, what if you get tired of me? And he's like, we're already tired of each other now. Like that's <laughs> like, that's the thing about relationships is that, yeah, there, there is that possibility. There's going to be times where, you know what, you're going to be tired of the other person. There are times where that alleviates itself very quickly. Yep. And, and it just could be a number of reasons. You just had a bad day, other thing, or it's just something's rubbing you wrong or vice versa. You're rubbing them. Wrong. It, it, it's the beauty of relationships. So I love that. Because, was it Groundhog Day? He just comes out and he just goes, fuck it, let's move here. You're just like, what? Wait, well, I mean, okay, sure. <laughs> like, and everyone's okay with this. But this one, it's like, no, they want change. Mm-hmm. You know, Phil seems more content to stay where he's at in Punxsutawney and whatever. But here it's like, no, let's, that's the biggest challenge is what will tomorrow bring? You know, While Phil just wants tomorrow because he's an egocentric asshole initially they're kind of both afraid of change and that's what's interesting to me but and i think the other big thing too that's different than groundhog day is that no one is with phil until probably like what an hour and 20 minutes into the movie where he tells andy mcdowell's character what's going on and she believes him but then it's gone the next day so you have no one to bounce anything off of and in palm springs you get to bounce everything off of you know niles gets to bounce off his kind of nihilistic viewpoint of the world off of sarah and then they kind of come to a yeah and then there's roy which let's talk about fucking roy yes because <laughs> jk simmons is a is a gift to any project he's in
1: yes he is
0: animation live action tv movie it doesn't matter dude's a fucking gift And am I sad his role is small in the movie for what it is? Yes. I don't think it could be any bigger though. But you're right. No, you're right. But he's one of those actors, like every time he shows up, you're like, oh, I could have used some more J.K. Simmons. But he's like a garnish. You don't want to overdo it. But no, Roy is pissed at Niles for getting him in the time loop. Because he, Roy goes along (laughs) with Niles one
1: drunken night after they do, I think, a bunch of cocaine or acid okay. and hang out in the desert?
0: <laughs> I have a question. Like, okay, so I am not, I will admit, I'm a vanilla man. I've only done weed and, 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 and the booze. I've not done <laughs> cocaine or acid. But when they, I thought they took cocaine from the, the Australian, the Mexican-Australian guy. Yeah. And they're in the bathtub and they're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, we're in the shit, we're in the shit, we're in the shit. We are the shit. But if you look at their noses, it's not even white. It's like yellow and green ish like callers And I'm like, did they really do Coke? Is this like a weird movie thing where it's like, they can't really be white. If not, we have to give it a rated R rating. I was like, but it's already R. I don't understand that. I guess. I don't, I don't know. It's a stupid thing, but it kind of, it's, I remember watching it again today. And I, the first time I watched it, I was like, that's not Coke at this point anymore. I think they've fucking done something else. <laughs> <laughs> and but, I mean, yeah, it's, Oh, man. And, you know, oh, no, don't go in. Please stop. Like, <laughs> just, yeah. Roy is, Roy's amazing. Roy's yeah, so, so, yeah, he yes, he
1: gets stuck in, sucked into the time loop, which is extra hilarious for him because he lives like two hours away. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's so he those... ends up waking up every day at his house with his wife and family and just has to live that over and over again. And I guess he just sporadically decides to hunt down Niles for his own <laughs> evil pleasure to get back at him.
0: Yeah, which and that's the interesting thing, too, is that you we don't know what Niles thought going into the time loop. You know what I mean? What was his character like before the time? We don't know. Mm-hmm. We only get Sarah's, which is Sarah has made a few mistakes, like everybody does. But she's kind of stuck reliving a kind of a bad one every morning when she wakes up, which is yeah, because she, yeah, which is kind of a bummer. She slept with her sister's new husband the day of the wedding, going into the wedding, I should say, and like so you do, she, like you do, yeah, of course, because it happens to everybody. She and so every morning, and I gotta admit that sucks. Every morning you wakes up, you wake up hearing you know your your sister's husband taking a shower, do, basically do, do, do. waking up to the worst decision you've
1: ever made in your entire life right. every single morning and so yeah she basically wakes up at rock bottom every morning when she's in the time loop
0: yeah Whew. and which is pretty that's kind of I and mean, that's real that's that sucks you know i i can't think of I, I can't think of the last day where i woke up and it was just automatically a shitty day you know what i mean it's yeah. been a while so I can't even fathom waking up where it's just like, oh, it's a shit day, like right off the bat. Oh no, like, and that's every day because you're in a time loop. And so, and that's interesting. So, with Sa- and Sarah doesn't want to be stuck in there, but then she becomes cool with it for a bit. And then there's Roy, and Roy. <laughs> So what's interesting about Roy is that in a drunken stupor, Roy was like, this has been the best night of my life. I would love to live this day over and over again. And Niles is like, well, let me, drunkenly, he goes, let me help you with that. And he tells him to go in, um, saying it's like your ancestors are in there or something. He's like, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, you know what I mean? And then he goes in. And then right as he's starting to go in, he passes out going, oh, no, wait, please don't go in there. So it's like he didn't realize he was saying it per se. That's how I took it. But Roy doesn't hear that. Roy just knows. But what's interesting, too, is you get in those flashbacks how Roy views the world, which is he kind of is fed up with his marriage. He's kind of fed up with his job and life. Because what does he say at the bar? Something like the world is a fucking cesspool of darkness. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think that's what it is it's something and, and is like yeah because that's when they sum each other up and he just goes times arrow marches ever forward and that's when he's like forget the moscato two shots of bourbon <laughs> like i don't i mean i wish some random person comes up to me and starts quoting Times Arrow, and i just go you know what let's fucking get drunk with this dude yeah <laughs> yeah but so it's interesting to see like you know yeah, and now he's stuck in that hell every day with his family, or what he thinks is this is hell. Um, right, and so I, I think it'd be fun to break out all three of
1: their journeys and what they discover, if that's not too trite. No, please do. Because Roy, Roy thinks he's already in hell in his normal life. He gets sucked into the time loop, and through the course of the movie hunting Niles getting hit by
0: a car losing his (laughs) legs and spending a night in the hospital well Um, actually it might have been more than a night though kind of that's the vibe I took from it it might have been more than a night like he lasted probably what into the day oh good point yeah
1: because that was
0: yeah because that's something important about the rules of the universe that Niles tries to get through to, to Sarah and Sarah doesn't really grasp or she doesn't care uh, is that pain is real. Yep. Like when you get hit by that car, you wake up and you remember every ounce of pain you went through physically. It's just that somehow you survived and you're not hurt and you're fine. And so when and he keeps making reference, he's like, You never want to get stuck in the hospital in the ICU and she rams him with the car. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he and it's like nurses wouldn't let me fucking sleep. I was they, they were afraid I was gonna fall into a coma or something. Horrible. And he was like, Yeah, you never go into the ICU. It was like, oh my God.
1: Yep. So Roy has that experience, and it sort of I guess makes everything click together for him. And he has this journey of going from believing he's in hell to realizing like he kinda has everything he wanted from life already, and he sort of escapes the hedonistic treadmill entirely. Yes, he does. Like sure he still wants to get out of the time loop which the, we can talk about the the mid credit scene <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. a little bit but so he he escapes hell yeah by getting sucked into it almost and then realizes that his life is it, it gives him a total perspective switch right. and then we don't really know what niles was up to before cuz like you said he's just He's been in the time loop for who knows how long when the movie
0: opens up. Now, what about Sarah? What do you think about Sarah's arc in all this? It's a little...
1: muddier is not the right word. Because, I mean, she's a mess when she shows up at the wedding. I mean, I feel kind of bad saying that even about a fictional character, but good God... Yeah. I would say I she's
0: more of an emotional mess when you say she's yes. not like, like everyone says like, well, I remember when I was watching the, the movie the first time there's a, they did a lot of exposition. like, Oh, Sarah drinking, whatever. And I was just like, she drinks, but she's not in my opinion, like a, what seems to be an alcoholic. She just seems like emotionally just done with life. She's an alcoholic.
1: Okay, she doesn't, fair she
0: doesn't know it yet. And <laughs>
1: It's not to the point where other people are calling her one, but that's okay. fair enough. I think she probably spends more weekends than not waking up with a, an empty bottle and then another half-finished bottle of wine somewhere in her apartment.
0: Fair enough. I and know, because it was recognition it. for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I was trying to, trying to dance around that a that's little bit. Uh, I haven't uh, had a drink for nine months at this point. It's great. Uh, well, congratulations on that, by the way. That in itself, every every day is a challenge, but like, still, that's a fucking awesome accomplishment. Sometimes I feel like they try to hit you over the head to, with some exposition or characters walking up to tell you about who the character is. And for Sarah, it's one of those moments where... Yeah, Niles is seemingly the lead character, but they keep talking about Sarah a lot. And you know, I don't fully know what alcoholism <laughs> looks like in real life outside of what a movie or TV show shows me. So sure. that could be a part of the problem too. But yeah, so she's really messed up emotionally. Yeah, I think she's at a point where
1: she, like everything is already meaningless to her. And that's why... Like, she's already stuck in a self-destructive loop in her real life, I think. Yeah. And so she has to get stuck in the time loop for her to realize, like, I can end this whenever I want. Literally, I can end it tomorrow. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. It's going to continue to be difficult to stay on that path, but, like... I could wake up tomorrow and, and commit to changing things and fixing my relationships where I can. And sometimes I don't know, meeting a person or getting sucked into a time loop is what it takes to, to jar that.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I think that both of them realized that it's okay to have other people. Like that is something they kind of had in common, but in very different ways, because it's like, as she said, she's like, I don't need you. Which I actually, you know, I, this is coming from a male's perspective, but like hearing that a lot sometimes from women on social media is that why does the girl need the guy in a rom-com? Like that drives me nuts. To hear her say that, in my head, it feels like they're trying to, you know, approach that thing being said that I don't need you. And you're 100% right. She fucking solved the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? She solved the problem. She doesn't need him. And she now knows quantum fucking physics. One <laughs> yeah, of she most does. Hardest shit in the world. Like, I love
1: because she studies at the diner <laughs> who knows for how many fucking years to right. learn quantum physics from scratch. And I love the moment where she's talking to the professor on Zoom or whatever. And she rattles off this question, and the professor's just like, yeah, I don't think you need my help. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you got this. yeah, like, You're good. Now, yeah, I will she s- puts a bomb on a goat and
0: saves oh, the day. Okay, so the goat. Let's talk about the goat because <laughs> the goat is kind of a character too. Yeah. In a very weird way, he is the test subject of, for Sarah to test out her theory of solving the time loop problem. But also, the goat is technically the first character you see in the movie and I completely forgot about that because it's one of those oh, things where yeah. I remember watching the movie the first time and I was just like, oh, a goat. It's just, you know, he's probably going to die. And then the goat shows up again and you think well, it's more of a joke at that point. Yeah. And then and then at the end you realize, oh, the goat is still there. Of course she's going to use the goat. That makes sense. And then the second time I just feel like the goat bookends the time loop as a, nice. as a viewer. And I just never thought of that. Now I do have a logic problem for you though which uh, I feel like I have the answer to but if the goat disappears in the time loop and is successful at disappearing and if Sarah and Niles are in the time loop and are successful in disappearing why isn't Niles gone when Roy approaches him at the bar
1: where'd the goat go
0: where did the goat go where'd
1: the fucking goat go
0: and to get
1: out of the time loop, yeah, they blow themselves up inside the rift in the space-time continuum. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we could explain the goat away, but I'm,
0: I mean, I'm I, willing
1: to let it slide.
0: <laughs> I, well, I am too. Here's the thing: it did not take away my enjoyment. I think the se- the second time, being that I already knew what the hell, that's the weird thing about a movie like this is you know it's trying to somehow probably go ah ah gotcha. But you're not sure how, and so you're kind of like, "Where's this movie going? Like, it's a rom-com. They're going to end together. I know that, but how do they get together? How does this happen?" And so you're kind of like paying attention, but like you're not—at least for me—I'm not as critical unless the movie just is not making any sense, and then I just spiral into anger. Was the goat stuck in the time loop? The the goat was stuck in the time loop. Oh. Because, at least that's the way I took it, is that the goat was nearby there when the earth the earthquake happened and the cave opened up. That poor goat. <laughs> fucking yeah, so, no idea what was happening. <laughs> well, that you're aware <laughs> of. For all you know, the goat could be the fucking smartest one there. And it's just like, anybody? Anybody gonna blow me away? And mm-hmm. nobody? Mm-hmm.
1: She, so that's how you can explain it, then. The goat, like...
0: Well, the got stuck
1: in it by mistake and then kept going to the cave every day because it was like, what the fuck? fuck. What the fuck? <laughs> and then the day that it gets out of the time loop, it's like, fucking
0: fuck that. Another question for you. Do you remember Nana? No. Nana was the old lady who comes up to Niles and says something along the lines like, you know that was one of the best of oh, the speeches it was i've ever the most seen
1: beautiful speech I've ever, I've ever seen given in a wedding you're so sweet oh, yeah
0: and she goes and i've been to a, i know you might not think it but i've been to a lot of weddings uh-huh and then at the end when she goes up to sarah she says something along the lines she's like you know that was a really good speech and then something like you know my mother Died when I was young too. Oh, I guess it's time for you better get going. And then she leaves. And it's it's a little do you think Nana's stuck in the time loop? Or like maybe she's like a weird out of place version of Sarah? Headcanon. Headcanon. <laughs>
1: Years in the future. Niles dies. A natural death. Yeah. And then Sarah's like, you know what? I'm gonna spend a little while. Back in the time <laughs> <laughs> then the, the, the timeline gets super fucking weird then, though, because if that's one day in time,
0: could you keep sending versions of yourself back to that same day? That's, that's the... Because then at that point, <laughs> it's like Terminator. You keep sending back to the same day.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, no. And then it, but,
0: it, but it's an old lady version, uh, you know, Nana. Well, that's their thing, too. So wait a minute, though. That means that she knows her how does she know Nana, her as herself as Nana? I mean, so technically that means she traveled through the time loop. Oh, and actually, here's the other forget thing too. Forget it. Oh, this is the
1: problem with, with time travel and anything. Is oh my. You, like, you get to a certain point and it just becomes infinitely complex and it's like, forget it.
0: I have to ask, do you think really that he, Niall slept with Sarah's dad? Oh, Sure. If I you were too. stuck, if you were stuck somewhere for ten thousand years, and
1: you knew you could do whatever you wanted, and the day gets erased, it's like,
0: oh my god, yeah,
1: I'd fuck Peter Gallagher, whatever.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and, and the best part is too is <laughs> like,
1: I was laughing hysterically at that part. <laughs>
0: it's just like, well, what are we doing? doing? <laughs> god. Well, that's another guy that he has this weird like romantic lead charm and he isn't the romantic lead often, I feel like, because I grew up with him as the lead, the guy from the in boyfriend from While You Were Sleeping. And that's how I, and ever since then, I was just like, but I like Peter Gallagher. He, he's just always like, he's one of those guys that shows up and you're like, fucking Peter Gallagher. I like that guy. He's an mm-hmm. asshole in this, but I like him. <laughs> and in this one, it's just like, he's the typical dad role in the movie. But then he has that great delivery of like shock, disbelief, like in while you were sleeping. And he's like, What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: my God. Uh, have yeah. you watched? Did you watch any of Zoe's extraordinary Playlist? He's really. I mean, he, he <laughs> plays sure. a dad who has come down with super nuclear palsy, oh. progressive, super, progressive super nuclear palsy. Yeah. And so you basically get stuck in your own body, in a way. yeah. So, at, if, at, at least in the early stages, you start losing some of your motor con- motor control.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so you, you're completely aware of everything that's happening, but you're starting to lose your ability to interact with the world through your body, if that makes sense. Yeah. And he does an incredible job playing it, but because Zoe is able to at times stop the world into a musical number that gives him an opportunity to interact with her as if he wasn't suffering from the illness. The point of this is just, he's awesome in that show and you should watch it if you have a chance.
0: Well, it starts. I hope people will give the movie a chance because of that, because it doesn't, it, what you said, it doesn't play into the normal tropes. And I think that goes the same way with rom-coms. Like, if that was the case, Andy Samberg would be his goofy character. Right. And he's not. And um, she falls
1: in love with him despite his goofiness because he has a heart of gold underneath it. Fuck that.
0: <laughs> right. And, and Now, as a guy who likes rom-coms, I'm okay with watching a, another movie like that. But you know what? I love- it's not what her, this movie was, yeah. But, it, but exactly. It's not what this movie was. And you know what? The world is better for having a non-goofy Andy Samberg rom-com movie. So yes. I think that's it. You know, we talked about hedonism, pursuits, suicidal despair, apathetic acceptance. Anything else you, you think we can talk about for Palm Springs? Oh, I think, I think we wrapped it up pretty good. Well, Matt, thank you for being the first one back in this COVID world. It's appreciated. It's an honor. All right. Have a good one, man. Ciao. Ciao. The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky is presented by D4K Studios. Executive producer is Nick Argenbright. Co-producers are Ashley Carlson and Catherine Ranella. The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky is also made possible by our Kickstarter backers. To see our backers, check out our show notes over at GBGpodcast.com. Our theme and end credit tracks for The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky are by chiptune artist Hide Your Tigers. You can check out their music by going to hideyourtigers.bandcamp.com. We also feature the track from Futurama, The Devil's Hands Are Idle Playthings, an arrangement by our own Nathan Haley. If you enjoy our program, be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and to leave a review, or subscribe to wherever podcasts are streamed. Get out of here without cheese! You're a creep! Go away! We're having a good time until you start up, jeepers! Uh, Go have some coffee with cream or something, because I'll tell you something, this is a happy place!